Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that knows you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself get rebooted. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Howdy. Um, Pete, we need to jump right into it because we have a ton of stuff to cover. Right into it. Right into it. (laughs) Um, But uh, before we hit news, uh, did we watch anything this week? Watch anything? Read anything? Right. um, So... I did watch, uh, so The Sinner Season 2 just uh, went onto Netflix. I talked oh, about right. the series yeah. a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a really good mystery series, um, and uh, so I we just jumped in. We started watching the second season, and uh, I think it's, like, really good so far. Uh, the first season had kind of a really unique murder case, and the backstory had a lot to do with... Um, kind of like Christianity and like the guilt that can come with being raised uh, very, very strictly Christian. And this season has to do with more of a cult sort of situation. So I think every season they're going to have some kind of uh, religious aspect related to whatever murder happens. Um, But yeah, so far I'm just really enjoying the season a lot. I'm about three episodes in. I have a lot of theories. Um, I think because I know it's a mystery show, I hopped in this time and I started just coming up with theories right away. And a lot of the stuff I'm predicting is kind of starting to come through, I think, or come true, I think. But uh, I'm really enjoying it. One of the best parts about this new season, too, is that uh, the writing, I think, has a... uh, The first season had good writing, but it was very straight and serious. And I think the writing this season has a very subtle sort of humor to it, where the way characters, uh, the way characters deliver their lines has a very, like, most of the lines that are indicative of that characters like personality. Okay, so it's not like, so not like adding humor ruins it, because sometimes, sometimes when you change your writing style, it completely can change the show or the movie. No, and it's not really even changing the style, it's just like, I think it's better character writing, because... It's very subtle humor because it's like where somebody will say something and you're like, oh, of course that person would say that. And it's like funny, but it's like kind of a quieter, subtler way well, of being funny. Well, post, post Guardians of the <laughs> Galaxy, Marvel started to get a little bit of criticism for too much humor. Right, yeah. So I was curious, like, um, but just making wondering just because of how serious that show can get. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So. No, I don't think it detracts from it. The big, With the humor, like the biggest thing I could... Uh, relate it to is um in stranger things um you know how michael's parents i can't remember his last name but his parents especially his father the way he delivers his lines and you know that like he's trying to pretend he cares about everything he says but he really doesn't give a crap about anything at all but it's just kind of this subtle thing like everything he says you're like okay you're saying the right thing but you don't care at all you have and the and like that sort of like subtle like humor is there's a lot of that in the second season which i'm enjoying a lot so far so all right yeah um well do you remember a year ago I, uh, at Comic-Con, they talked about a cartoon show on Cartoon Network called Infinity Train. Yeah. All right, well, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and being <laughs> very patient. It's an infinite amount of time, An infinite seemed. amount of time, yeah. It's finally started. Okay, cool. Um, on Cartoon Network. I watched the first two episodes. So far, it's everything I hoped it would be. Um, nice. It was just, it's awesome and it's weird, and but you have an understanding of things. I still don't understand why she's got the numbers on her hands yet, but... Okay. Um... Is it kind of, is every episode a different train car? No. Like okay. The first, the first episode, she covers, like, multiple train cars. Like, <laughs> you know, so I, it's, they got to show a lot of train cars in a show called Infinity Train. <laughs> right. Like, it's almost, so each train car is its own universe. Yeah. And there's a door on either side of it. So, like, and it, it looks, every time you enter a train car, it almost looks endless. Yeah. Um, they had one train car that, it was just this giant white grid, but as she walked, these little blocks would come out. So it was almost like she had, like, it was like a little Minecraft, like, car. So, like, every time she touched a block, <laughs> it would create another... Oh, cool. Like, it was really kind of cool. Um, but 
so far, I think it's really cool. It's just really smart writing, smart storytelling. I still don't know half of where, like, really where it's going, but it was, it's really cool. And it had a very, like, adult start to the show. Okay. When I say adult start, like adult themes and content and oh like, wow, like okay. I was yeah, I was not expecting that. I thought it was going to be kind of a more bizarre, like kind of yeah you know, funny thing, and it it turned into this very like serious reason why this girl like eventually gets on the train and then yeah. Know, so goes, you so. you do see the outside of the train though. Yeah, you do. Okay. Many and many then there's times. The weird, okay, and then there's the weird. Um, what's the word for it? Where like oh man, the, the Doctor Who thing where it's bigger on that inside than the outside. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. like the, the TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, TARDIS, that's the word I can think of. It has that sort yeah. of thing where, yeah. Yeah, the like the TARDIS. Really um, kind of like the TARDIS where the train cars are mm-hmm. massive on the inside. They don't, but they're massive on the outside, too. They're just much, much bigger on the inside. <laughs> okay, weird. Like okay. The, tra- the train, I guess I have the to train itself it. is enormous. <clears throat> yeah. Like enormous. But when you get on the inside, like, you go through the door and you're, like, on a sandy beach with, like, a sunset. And, you know what I mean? And there's yeah. another door, like, way, way, way off in the distance. You nice. Know? So. so I heard a rumor is that uh, the train's going to the North Pole to meet Santa Claus. Yeah, nah. <laughs> hopefully not. Man, I am not a fan of the Polar Express, I'll tell you. <laughs> no. Um, the book was good. The book was fine. The movie was just weird. Mm-hmm. So, no, I'm not a fan. Um, all right, you want to talk about some news? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, great. Um, I'm going to bounce around our list here. So uh, first off, this I saw today. Um, there is going to be a Friends Lego set. <laughs> yeah. Did you see this? Yeah, I saw this as well, okay. too. Yeah. This I thought was really cool. And I don't know if this... So Lego has this thing where you can send in submissions for custom Lego sets. Yeah. And then they put them up and they people can vote on them. Uh, and the yeah. Lego sets that get the most votes get made so that's how we got um they did the delorean from back to the future they did the ghostbuster car like not they did a lego set with the ghostbuster car with the female ghostbusters but they actually did one with the original team so it was like that specific vehicle um which i have both of those sets um i think that's how we got the stranger things lego set um that's like i'm a big lego fan so i always look at these things and think yeah. to myself man i want that and then i realize <laughs> how expensive it is and I'm like man I, right you know when you submit uh idea do you actually submit like the set that you built or you just submit like no you submit the set that you built with instructions and everything oh, cool. the whole line like you okay have to, so like, you yeah. literally have to submit it to lego for wow, them to, okay. like those are some hardcore it. lego fans right yeah. um but this is so a while back, they made one set that came out from this grouping was the Big Bang Theory apartment. Mm, yeah, and it, I feel like I've seen it, that And it before, came with yeah. all the characters. I have it. Okay, that's what, probably why I saw it. <laughs> yeah, um, I, ended up, I ended up getting it. It's really cool. It has all the characters sitting on the couch, whatnot, mm-hmm. the Big Bang Theory apartment. So when I saw this, I was like, ooh, I kind of want to get it because I really like the show Friends. But it's the coffee house. Yeah. Central and then Park, all the characters. Yeah. I think it'd be cooler if it was their apartment, but... I don't know. Like, I li- I like the central perk. Thing, it's I mean it's it's but, fine. I think yeah. the apartment would have been kind of cooler, <laughs> but that's just me. I think um, uh, my impression was like because I'm just like I've watched so much Friends. I looked at it and I was like, well, I mean that's a lot smaller than it should actually be, and like true. everything's there, but I'm like it's so cramped. I wish it was a little bit bigger. But true, yeah. I will agree with that. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I just thought that was really cool. No, I think um, it's great. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so Friends got a Lego set coming. Um, let's talk some Venom 2 real quick. Yeah. And we talked last week, Andy Serkis was in talks to actually direct Venom 2, but he wasn't officially confirmed. Yeah. He is now officially confirmed. Tom Hardy's coming back to play uh, Venom and Eddie Brock, so awesome. Yeah. And Michelle Williams announced today that she is officially coming back, and she says that she hopes to get some time as she Venom. Okay, is was Michelle Williams the love interest from the first movie? Yes, or? do you not remember that? No, I don't. I just don't know the actress. Oh, yeah, yeah, her yeah. Name, yeah. The, the, the look on your face was maybe you hadn't seen the movie or you just forgot that. I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I just, I just have no too. idea who Michelle Williams is. <laughs> yeah, no, she was the she was the actress from the first movie, um, and she's the one who got to be she Venom for like the yeah. briefest moment. So she even said she. It'd hopes be cool to, if she gets her own symbiote too and stuff like that. So it, you know, they could make a complete Venom verse. Yeah. And later, bring Spider-Man. <laughs> Nothing in but headline. symbiotes. They've got enough of them. There's like. <laughs> crazy amounts well, of symbiotes I, and I don't and I don't remember aside from like what we think supposed to happen with Carnage I would think that Venom's the only symbiote left yeah. after the events of the first film so 
Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe don't know. <laughs> they can bring. They, there's ways to bring them in. <laughs> right. Well, let's let's just talk. look at Spider-Man Three. There's ways you can have symbiotes yeah. just fall from the sky and meteorites. Um, so. Since we're kind of on Marvel news, we'll stay on that for a minute. Um, Marvel and ABC are reportedly in active talks to develop a new TV series centered on female superheroes. Right now, the series is called Marvel Women. That will not be a standing title. I think <laughs> I we all. So, I think yeah. we all know that's not going to be a standing title. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that was There's interesting this, uh... um, because they're gonna um, because it's going to be on ABC. It wasn't mentioned for Disney Plus streaming or anything yeah. like that. So I don't know how. I don't know how interconnected it'll be to the films at all because of how Agents of Shield was but kind of wasn't right yeah i mean it'll be in the same universe but it's also like i feel like you just have to understand there's only so much they can do to have it be that you know interconnected with the movie universe but i mean we'll see right um and then the villain for thor got announced so thor love and um love and thunder thor 4 the villain got announced and i Technically, this is a spoiler if you think finding out about characters is spoiler material. So if you read comics, you're probably going to be like, oh, cool. If, if you don't read comics, whatever. Um, so the so I'm going to issue a quick spoiler warning to so jump <laughs> ahead like a couple seconds if you want. Um, they, uh, they're looking at, and it's not officially confirmed yet. It's okay. really like the character they're looking at. Yeah. Um, which is Gore, the God Butcher. Okay. <laughs> um, who I don't know much about. Yeah, neither do I. I feel um, like if you read Thor comics, you probably would know a lot about it. If it, if it becomes confirmed, I'll probably look it up and try and, you know, learn some more stuff about it. But um, He looks cool. I was just Google searching him, his name on my phone just now. He looks cool. Um, he kind of looks like uh, Twilik meets, like... Uh, uh, Voldemort or something like that to me. <laughs> so, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> At least from the pictures I saw. Right. Well, maybe maybe uh, Voldemort got his look from him. Yeah. You I never mean... know. I mean, <laughs> Thor existed long before Harry Potter did. So. But how long has Gore existed? That, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, well, uh, now let's talk. Yeah. So let's jump a little bit. I keep looking at the board, thinking we need to bounce around here. Um, before I get to Disney, um, we're going to talk about this one. So the Game of Thrones showrunners, the Double Ds, mm. have signed a, a giant uh, $200 million deal with Netflix. Oh, jeez, that's insane. To produce television shows slash movies. Oh, okay. So it sounds like they're get, It sounds like they're <laughs> it's being... Very- it's very, very non-specific. Non-specific. <laughs> it didn't say what they're working on. It's best. It basically sounds like they are allowed to do whatever they want, and Netflix just yeah. wants them on their team. So, so did we talk about? Um, sorry, this is kind of no. random, but this reminds me of uh, Zack Snyder, how he's working with Netflix right yeah. now on like he's doing this uh, zombie movie called Army of the Dead. Yeah. And uh, from things he's like tweeted out about it and stuff, it sounds like. Netflix is giving him so much creative freedom. Like, he can basically do whatever he wants in this sandbox that he's creating. And I think that, uh, I mean, it's cool. Like, the the Double Ds or D&D, whatever you want to call them, are working with Netflix, and they can probably do whatever they want. And hopefully we get some really awesome stuff. Um, I Netflix, for me, I feel like I have such a love-hate relationship with that streaming service because it's like, they are very they seem to be very like indie minded like they let creators do whatever they want they like to fund things that are very out there and weird and indie feeling but at the same time there's a lot of like junk that falls through the cracks like every five netflix movies you watch will actually be good but then the other four might be kind of like not that great so i don't know netflix is a weird netflix, entity they do a really way. good job of putting posters up and getting my attention with imagery because I'm like, ooh, what's that? Yeah. And then I might not watch it, but either way, yeah. it got my attention to at least watch the trailer. <laughs> um, Definitely. But, I mean, it's pretty cool. I know, like, the Witcher series is going to be on Netflix, am, and that's pretty... I am pretty... really excited for the Witcher series. Yeah. I watched the trailer again today. Like, I'm yeah. really excited for that. So, so um, I mean, 
I mean, there's that. There's this new D and D series. Like, well, I say we don't D&D really know what David right, Benioff and D.B. Weiss, the Double but, D series, and we yeah. don't really know what it is. Now, when I saw the news about the Double Ds joining Netflix, what I'm not, what I wasn't sure about was what happens to their Star Wars thing that they were working on. Because remember, they signed that mm-hmm. deal with Lucasfilm. How does yeah. that work? According to all the reports I've, like, I started sifting through news. According to all the reports I could find was. Star, their Star Wars situation is still happening, and that has to happen first before Netflix can actually yeah. get whatever they're so, doing. So. Yeah, so I mean, before we started recording, Drew, we were, me and you were talking a bit about the streaming wars because you've got Disney coming out with their own streaming service, uh, you've got HBO Max, you've got all this stuff coming up, and then Netflix is kind of caught in the middle trying to stay afloat. While everybody else is, you know, coming and flooding the, uh, you know, flight, flooding that corner of the industry. And I feel like Netflix is, like, Disney is definitely Netflix's big competition. Big competition. And I feel like Netflix might have been like, all right, we're going to snatch the rug from under Disney. We're going to sign uh, the Double Ds to this contract before Disney can, you know, get them for more movies after Star Wars. Right. So maybe it was that kind of a situation. Well, they're not... <clears throat> So the Star Wars thing they're working on is not, like, they're not directing it. Okay. I guess they're writing it and they're producing it. Yeah. So, you know, they they can they, they can get a full, like, outline of a film. They Well, actually, they can outline a full trilogy, write a movie while it's being made, go work on this thing, come back, write the next movie. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean they can, but they can bounce around, but they're, they're locked in with Disney for those Star Wars movies, regardless of what Netflix has going on. Yeah. I and, just, like, I didn't know if it was, like, kind of a, not a power play, but Netflix well, trying to, like, strike while the iron's hot. Well, so here's an, in, here's an here's a real interesting power play for you in terms of the streaming wars that we were talking yeah. about. Disney Plus releases in November. Uh, Disney Plus by itself will be six ninety nine. Okay, Disney has just announced that they are going to have a bundle deal. Now, we all know Disney bought Fox, but they bought Fox Entertainment. They didn't buy Fox News and they didn't buy Fox Sports. These are the these are the two reasons why Disney owns ABC, so they have their news outlet. Mm-hmm. Because they have ABC News. And they didn't buy Fox Sports because Disney owns ESPN. So if Disney owns ESPN, they don't need Fox Sports. So they bought Fox Entertainment so they can combine their, like, properties. And then and and then Disney also owns controlling interest in Hulu. I think they mm-hmm. own, like, 70% of Hulu. So Disney has released this statement, and this is brand new, like, this hit yesterday. Um, Disney Plus... Bundled with ESPN and Hulu for twelve ninety nine, right? Which is thirteen dollars, which is already the price of Netflix. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is going to force now Netflix. They like to raise their price every so often. This is going to force Netflix to can't so they can't raise their price anymore. Yeah, because Netflix is going to have to undercut Disney from now on to try and keep its viewers. Like, because if Netflix raises their prices, people are just going to jump ship. <laughs> yeah, so. I think it's. I think that's a good move. I mentioned earlier too like i'm enjoying watching the streaming wars thing because it's like it's this massive chess game that's going on it is it's really really interesting to watch and at the same time we're gonna get some really cool stuff out of it (laughs) because i feel like if you went back like i don't know if i'll get the bundle that did the three set bundle yeah i'm i for sure want disney plus but i don't know if i'll do the big bundle i'm not a big like espn i don't know that i care about hulu I mean, I don't know, Disney and Hulu together, though, it might be worth it. I'm not really sure. Um, well, Disney said that because they, when they acquired Fox, all the rated R properties from Fox, like Die Hard yeah. and Aliens and, you know, those films and maybe some television shows that shouldn't be on Disney Plus because they're not family-friendly enough, those are being put on Hulu. <laughs> right. So. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, to be able to watch all the shows you want to watch... You're going to be paying way more than you would be just for right. cable <laughs> once right. you're buying well, all these streaming eventually services. the streaming service, the streaming bubble has to burst. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to last forever. The streaming bubble is going to burst. And this there's people. I heard, I've overheard conversations where people have like, well, what streaming services should I get? Because I have this and that. And I've heard guys say, don't get rid of your cable because that streaming stuff is not going to last. It's too expensive to be all streaming. 
and we're getting to the point where it's almost too expensive to be all streaming. It de- so, I mean, it depends. It really you don't does, really have to get all your every streaming service as well. No, you don't. Technically, but, you get one streaming service, and you're going to have more than you could ever watch. It's just, do you actually want to watch all of that? And so I feel like I feel like two or three ser- uh, streaming services is probably the sweet spot that most people are going to have, which is still cheaper than cable. It's just kind of like, I don't know, I already feel the pain of like, you know, something's on Amazon Prime, for example, and I don't think I have that. My wife might have a subscription, but we never use it. So well, it's like, if you have Amazon Prime, if you're a Prime customer, you automatically get Amazon Video. But I don't think I do because I like barely ever use Amazon. Oh, well, like people try to okay, people try to pitch me Amazon Prime, and they're like, well, plus there's the whole like ordering things. I don't know if there's a discount or something. I'm like, I literally might use Amazon once a year oh, to buy I stuff. Use, so. I use Amazon yeah. constantly. Right. I have Amazon Prime. I love it. Mm-hmm. So I get, I mean, you but I automatically <laughs> get the Amazon shows. Yeah. So, you know, and I love Marvelous Miss Maisel. I can't wait. She's There was a couple screenshots that released <laughs> for the season they're shooting right now. And I'm like, yes, I can't yeah. wait till that comes back. But my example is just like, I'm, I'm already feeling that like, oh, I don't have this subscription service, so I can't watch this specific show. And I think that's just something that people are going to have to live with if they don't want to pay. Yes, for we're definitely we're know? definitely getting there because when you say like, um, like, look, OK, I know Game of Thrones is over and I know like. Just about everybody jumped on the HBO bandwagon so they could watch H- HBO for Game of Thrones. But when I was trying to talk people into watching Game of Thrones, you should really watch this show. I got a lot of res- like the responses I got from people, and they were like, "Well, where can I watch it?" And like it's on HBO. They were like, "Oh, yeah," because they don't want us to pay for HBO, and I totally understand that. <laughs> but then everyone's suddenly on the bandwagon for HBO. I mean, you I know. think that's because of Game of Thrones. Though, well, right. Too. No, I know. Yeah. I totally understand. I'm just, you know, it's, the streaming the streaming war is really, really fun to watch, and I totally yeah. agree with you. Netflix is, like, really going to have to step up their game, though, and I know they're trying, but it's just... They're trying, oh, but crazy. when that Disney Plus launches, oh, yeah. like, it's almost like I feel like I should buy stock in Disney right now, just because, just, like, buy it and just let it sit. I should have bought stock in Disney before the Star Wars announcement, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. Before um, they bought Lucasfilm, holy cow. <laughs> One more thing I was going to say is, like, I feel like you go back four or five years and the really exciting thing happening like this with entertainment was all the different comic book movies where it was, like, you know, like, Fox owns X-Men and Fantastic Four and Disney owns, like, the other Marvel characters and Sony's over here doing Spider-Man stuff. And it was, like, this weird smorgasbord board of, like, all these different crazy things going on and it was this giant chess game and that's died out a lot because, because of, Disney won. Because Disney <laughs> pretty much, but now we've got the streaming war and that's even, you know, more fun to watch right now. Which so. I almost feel like yeah. Disney's gonna win again. <laughs> I, I, I get into like some of the behind the scenes stuff sometimes even more than like the movies and T V shows. There's so. um there's a so I, this is like kind of a tangent term, but it's a on the seat so it's on topic in the behind the scenes. Uh Johnny Carson used to be the host of The Tonight Show. Now it's Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. But Johnny Carson was the host of The Tonight Show. And then when Johnny Carson left, uh, um, Leno uh, took Jay over. Leno, yeah. Jay Leno took over The Tonight Show. There was a ridiculous political behind-the-scenes like battle between Leno and Letterman to who was going to get The Tonight Show. <laughs> Big like lawyer, lawyer lawyers yeah. involved, crazy like chess game kind of a thing. Um, I didn't know a lot about that. I just knew that it happened. And then um, if you have HBO, and I know it's on there because I looked, um, there's a movie called The Late Shift. Um, and it is all, it's a bio, it's basically like a biopic movie. So it's a scripted drama. It's not a documentary, but it's all about that behind the scenes That's uh, awesome. political move for who is going <laughs> to actually host The Tonight Show. Yeah. Um, I love Very that cool. Stuff. So it's just that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I, you know. I've heard about like, one of these I, days we're going to get that movie about yeah. the streaming war. You can correct me if I'm wrong, too, because I don't know if this was, like, involved in that whole, like, uh, battle for The Tonight Show you were just talking about. Because I heard that uh, back when Jay Leno was trying to be established as, a, uh, as like, a talk show host, he was, like, sneaking into the TV studi- studio and, like, hiding in rooms and stuff and, like, strategizing how he could fight his way in. And, like, I just love... it's I love that stuff, but it's crazy, too. But it's just kind of, like, 
goes to show what you need to do to make it in some cases. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, since we were talking about streaming and we're talking about Disney Plus and whatnot, uh, did you see that Disney Plus is going to do a reboot of Diary of the Wimpy Kid, Cheaper by the Dozen, yeah. and Home Alone? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. <laughs> the other two aside, let's focus on Home Alone. How do you feel about this? I, I feel like it doesn't need to be rebooted. It really doesn't. I... Oh, keep no, going. no, go ahead. I feel like reboots... I feel like you reboot a movie, like, a special effects-based movie, you totally... It makes sense to reboot every once in a while, because maybe new, new special effects are going to happen, or maybe you're able to bring the story to life in a new way that you couldn't before, but... I mean, Home Alone, that's just so based on, like, the characters in it and just, you know, the hijinks that ensue in the movie. And there's, I feel like there's no reason to reboot it at this point. But So what I don't know is if it's supposed to be a television show or a movie. If it's a television show, that's a lot of episodes of a kid being left home alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, it's, uh, if it's a movie, I don't know, I don't know what we really need with it. The, my, the big problem with the movie is, is, like, with the technology these days... First off, yeah. the kid being left home alone, he's probably just going to sit around and play video games. And then technically, if it, there is a problem with burglars trying to get in, couldn't you just say, Alexa, call the police? Yeah. You know, but now I hope that anyone listening to this show, their Alexas, didn't suddenly call the police. <laughs> so I apologize <laughs> if that just happened. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but no, I just... I like technology has completely changed things. So yeah, um, um, just because you said that, I feel like I should just say, Alexa, play "Never Gonna Give You Up." Okay, keep going. <laughs> oh, anyone near Alexa just got rickrolled. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. I just think that's. I just think it's weird to reboot Home Alone. I mean, why not? Everyone else is getting rebooted, but yeah, you know, I feel like I don't know. Like part of me wonders if it's just Disney just trying to have like that much more to add to their streaming service but then well, home alone is one of the things they got from the fox deal yeah so. but then at the same time it's like is it really needed like do you even need this to bring people to your streaming service you know and right well if they if there's an issue of updating it for the younger audience that's fine but and you're going to put it and if it's going to be on disney plus it'll probably be like a straight to disney plus thing it won't be a theatrical release it'll just be like a new home alone something like it's yeah it's a movie that worked really well we're not gonna we're not trying to catch lightning in a bottle again um and here we are we're just gonna the, the classic will always be there it's always gonna be on tv during the holidays you know yeah i mean so. i guess that's a way to look at it but at the same time i'm not gonna get that excited about a disney straight to dvd release level thing so yeah I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah i hear <laughs> well i'm gonna get like the disney straight to release uh disney plus thing i'm excited about is the mandalorian so yeah, yeah i'm gonna get excited about something. <laughs> well um, mo movie wise though i feel like they save their good stuff for the theaters i don't know i guess i'm going back to the old mindset where it's like aladdin was awesome but return of the jafar wasn't necessarily that good and all the disney like home release sequels is kind of the same level that i'm thinking of this on so i'm not i don't know <laughs> no i hear you all right, well, one more piece of news, and this goes to uh, DC. We haven't talked to any DC, really. Um, did you hear the news about the CW Crisis crossover? Um, I've heard some news. All I've right. heard some things, So this so. is something I'm really excited about. So we've talked we talked a little bit last week because of like the announcement of like Burt Ward playing Robin and yeah. you know that kind of thing. Um, Kevin Conroy, who voices Batman in the animated from the animated series and like 20 years of voicing Batman, they're having him play. Bruce Wayne, live action Bruce Wayne in the CW crossover series. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I that's can't, awesome. I can't yeah. wait. So it's going to be like the older Bruce Wayne, like Batman Beyond level Bruce Wayne. So it makes yeah. me wonder if there's going to be a Batman Beyond in the crossover series. Um, yeah, it, it, also, ma it also makes me wonder if Kevin Conroy will be the old Bruce Wayne to Burt Ward's older Robin. Mm, yeah, I, I don't. Feel like I don't know. I could. I, you, that would totally make sense if they're just like, "Well, we can't get Adam West. We're gonna go with the next best thing for this situation." Who's gonna be Robin Beyond though? <laughs> that, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just I got really excited about it. So technically, no, that could it's... be a spoiler. I don't know. I don't see finding out that an actor is going to be in a movie. I don't know if that's counted as a spoiler. As long as it's not people. seven, I think we're okay. So, <laughs> what do you mean by uh, Kevin Spacey? Oh spoiler yeah, spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, that's about it for news. I just you know we I, I feel like that was a lot, but we went through it about the same amount of time that we always do. Yeah, we went through it fast. It is a lot. It's just certain things. It's like like Kevin the Ken, Kevin Conroy thing. It's like okay, awesome. That's yeah, good. Like just, there's not a lot is, to say. You this know? is great news. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Batman, since we're on it, real quick, uh, the DC does the straight to DVD. Um, yeah. movies, which I'm assuming this hit uh, DC Universe. I don't know. I mean, you'd probably know better than I would, but uh, Hush, Batman Hush mm-hmm. released. Yeah. Um, have you seen it? I, haven't, it? I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I'm excited about this one. I have it. I have I have yeah. not watched it yet, but it's in my house. Um, I heard that they, make some ch- they made some changes, uh, page-to-screen adaptation. Um, that I'm, happens with everything. That happens with everything. Part of me wishes it was, like, <clears throat> verbatim the comic. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay, like, that's fine, because it's one of my, it's probably one of my all-time favorite Batman stories. Yeah. But the one thing that really bothers me about it, to be completely honest, that it's not Kevin Conroy voicing Batman. Um, because there was an interview with Kevin Conroy years ago where he was like, yeah, Mark, because uh, Mark Hamill voices the Joker back in the yeah. series with him. And he said, me and Mark would love to do Batman Hush if they were to do it. And I was like... Mm. We'll get these guys working on that right now. Do you know why it's not Kevin Conroy? No, and I'm hoping maybe there's like a bonus DVD or something in there, or you know, like a bonus a bonus feature or something on the. There's been a couple other actors who have done Joker too, um, besides Mark Hamill. Troy Baker's really good. He's probably my favorite aside from Mark Hamill. Because I feel like every time I hear somebody who's not Mark Hamill, I'm just kind of like, well, why didn't you just get Mark Hamill? Like, uh, I know Brent Spiner uh, plays. The Joker and uh, Young Justice, at least oh. in the, at least in I don't know about the new seasons, but in the first two seasons he did, and I was like, kind of like, well, why didn't you just get Mark Hamill to do that? But I mean, he did a good job. It just kind of caught me off guard, you know. So yeah, yeah. It could be a budget thing. Well, and like I said last week, why are Tara Strong not always Harley Quinn? And here we are with Kaylee Cuoco being. Harley yeah. Quinn, so I get it. <laughs> yeah. Tara Strong's too busy doing every other voice of your childhood, I guess. So. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, she does, like, like Tara Strong does, like, everything mm-hmm. in terms of the voice of your childhood. So yeah. if you don't know who Tara Strong is and you're, like, wondering what other cartoon character she did, go look her up. You're going to be mm-hmm. shocked. There's some cool videos, too. Like, I know Kevin Smith had her on uh, Fat Man on Batman, and there's some other interviews where she's talking and she changes to different voices that we all grew up with while she's just talking about something and it really weirds you out but it's really awesome to be honest it's yeah. really impressive to see a voice actor that good you know demonstrating their craft so yeah um are you uh ready to talk our list for the night yeah i think so yeah. great um i guess it's list time so ryan uh play the thing for the top five. All right, so here we are. These next few lists are going to be crazy uh, because we've been talking about doing this for a long time, um, and this is probably a perfect window of opportunity to cover these things because there's not, there's really nothing coming out until Frozen 2. When does Frozen 2 come out? Like Christmas. I mean, we got... It Chapter Two. No, got, I'm no, talking no. about. I'm talking about Disney. <laughs> okay, I got you. Sorry, my my bad. I'm talking about Disney. Um, no, uh, well, I'm talking about evil clowns. So. <laughs> oh, so, the, Anyways, same, so the same thing. <laughs> uh, no, so we're doing. Um, we're tackling Disney as a company in terms of our favorite Disney films, but Disney's such a daunting list topic that um, we have to break these down because you can't say an over like Disney by itself is over 500 films plus and you have to break that down into five picks that's ridiculous yeah. so what we're doing is to, to handle this is we're doing breaking into the categories if you li- if you didn't listen last week this is how this is happening so for the next four weeks we're breaking into the categories first we're doing live action we're gonna have five live action movies we're gonna discuss then we're gonna break it into um, Pixar films and then we're going to save animated films for the last of the third category and then once we have our resulting 15 movies we're going to take those 15 and narrow it down to our 5 favorite Disney films I um, I was just laughing to myself because I realized so 
when I did this live action list, it was it took a long time to write down all the potential nominees, right? But when I finally looked at all the list of like all the live action Disney movies that I saw and I liked enough to, you know, put on my potential list, it was actually pretty easy to narrow them down. I was surprised. I was like, okay, I really like this one, this one, this one. And it There's was... one that I think you and I will match on, for sure. Oh, yeah. There's, sure. A, there's at least one that you and I are going to um, match on. But I was I was surprised how easy it was to narrow it down, just because certain some of these movies I just know I love, and it's just like I know they're going to make my top five. Yeah. But I was just laughing to myself, because when we do the our top five all-time Disney lists... That's gonna be so hard because I just know there's gonna be these beloved movies. Well, that's that why that's why we're gonna enough. do that's why we're gonna do the five, <laughs> yeah. and then you're gonna we're gonna have a resulting fifteen mm-hmm. that has to be narrowed down. So, this week we're talking live action films. This does not include Marvel because Marvel is made by Marvel Studios, not Disney Studios. I know that some people there's a common misconception because they like to go, "Well, Disney better not mess this up." Well, Disney just markets the film. Marvel makes the movie. Yeah. Um, Disney does not make Lucasfilm movies, so like Star Wars is not out. So when Disney better not mess up Star Wars. Well, Star Wars is made by Lucasfilm. Disney's marketing the film. I understand there was probably some Disney influence on the last yeah. couple Marvel uh, Dis- uh, Star Wars films, but not near. It's still Lucasfilm making the movie. So anything from Lucasfilm's out, Marvel's out. We talked about how the hybrid films are going to be included in the live action category because Mary Poppins is primarily a live action movie. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple things like that that we set for rules. So tonight is live action only. Yeah. So you ready? Yeah. Cool. Um, how about this? Since we always go back and forth, do you have a preference as to who goes first on these lists? I don't have a. Pr- I don't need to go um, first versus you go first. I, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. All right. Well, how about this? You go first this week. I'll go for the first next week, and we'll just talk. Okay. Back. Yeah, that so works. So go ahead. Okay, so I have two honorable mentions. Yep. Okay. Now, the honorable mentions, it's very important to say when we do our top five list at the end, our honorable mentions are not counted in our resulting 15. Yeah. Okay. That's all. Okay. I Just that, for, for, for I our sake of establishing goal. that rule of the game we're playing so and for the people you're playing you're saying, like, home. one of my honorable mentions now can't make my top five at the end? I mean, it wouldn't make sense that it way. It wouldn't make just, sense because we're taking the actual top <laughs> five know, maybe I from these my three mind. top five. You take the five five films from each of the five each of the next three yeah. lists. You get fifteen movies off that list, and then yeah. those become. And then the following week, can we do our top five honorable mentions from the rest of our lists? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, right. Okay, so um, my yeah, first that'd be, an, that'd be an interesting list. Go through all of our lists and go top five honorable mentions. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Um, <laughs> so my first honorable mention is uh, Sky High. Um, this one, right on. This one's a movie that when it came out, I wanted nothing to do with because I just thought it seemed like such this a my stupid kids movie. And uh, this is really good. Yeah, this and that's great. that's the thing is like later on, I gave it a chance. I'm like, okay, this is a pretty good superhero movie. This is actually really fun. Um, and yeah, I, I actually kind of have more of appreciation for it. I think the costume design is really cool. It's just a fun story, you know. So. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, the Sky High is really good. So if you like superhero movies, seriously check it out. It's, it's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, and they've and, got uh, lots of homages in there. Like, isn't uh, Linda Carter, like, the principal? I might be remembering this wrong, but I, I feel like she I is. I believe so. And uh, there's some other, like, little um, like, comic book tidbits in there. there there's yeah. a bunch of them. Uh, Danielle Panabaker is one of the students in that movie. She is currently Killer Frost on the Flash television series. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> I didn't even realize that. So um, Anyway, um, so my first honorable mention is The Lone Ranger. Okay. The, awesome. new, the yeah. new one. Um, you know from when we were growing up, Lone Ranger was like my one of my first childhood heroes in terms of television, pop culture, media. Yeah. Um, the movie, I'll be honest, is n- there are some moments in the movie that really kind of notch it down a little bit. Like I was, ex- I was very excited to see it. Yeah. Um, but and overall, I really, really like what they did. But there's some moments, so it's it's really not the, a great movie. But because of my childhood fandom, this made an honorable mention because I was excited to see the movie, and yeah. overall, I ended up liking it. Yeah, I understand why the rest of the world did not. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, cool. Uh, my next one is uh, Bridge to Terabithia. So, have you wow. seen this movie? Uh, yes, a okay. long time ago. So, this is a movie that is another one that. I saw as an adult, and it's definitely more for a kid uh, demographic. But and I didn't really expect to like it, but 
This is a movie that it deals with kids going outside, playing, and using their imagination. And I just think the way the kids use their imagination is so, like, accurate to how, you know, kids actually play that way in real life. And uh, I think the reason I picked this is I think this movie has a couple really important messages in it. One being just, like, you can go outside and play and make up your own world, which is basically what the kids in this movie too. But it also deals with like a really serious issue of like a kid dealing with a loss of a loved one or loss of a friend. That's a total spoiler for this movie. I'm doing the bad thing where I'm announcing spoilers after I say them, but I think the message of the movie is like a really important thing that really impacted me emotionally and resonated with me way longer than I expected. So sure. Yeah, no, it's a good movie. I haven't seen this in a long time. Yeah. Um, so my next honorable mention is Flight of the Navigator. Okay, I don't think I've ever seen, seen this, actually. This movie yeah. came out, I think, before you were born. Uh, this movie's really cool. It's basically this kid... Oh, I've heard of this. This kid uh, meets an alien, a la, like, an E.T. kind of a thing. Yeah. He gets to go in the spaceship, but he comes back, like, so many years later. Like, it's it's in the future, and, like, everything's different, and... Really, really, it's a, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal film. I highly recommend it to everybody. This is such a great movie. Yeah, I've, man, I don't know if I've, there's one that I might have seen, but I'm not really sure. Oh, no, I'm looking up the alien. I don't think I've ever seen this. I've seen other similar movies, though, so I was thinking of something else. But, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. no, Flight Good of the stuff. Navigator is phenomenal. Um, just everyone should watch this movie. I mean, it... It came out in the time that everyone was looking for space alien stuff anyway. Was like this e. an E.T. competitor sort probably, of thing? Probably, yeah. probably, but it's it's really good. And the kid actually gets to go to space and that kind nice. of thing. So, yeah. Um, okay, you ready to talk our actual yeah, five? All right, good. so this is, this is the... These are the five that are actually going to go on the stack of 15 movies. Okay, yeah, that for, works for me. <laughs> okay, so... For that, our final list. So. so my first pick is uh, Cool Runnings, actually. Cool Runnings. We Touch a good movie. Huh? Touch a good movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. We talked about it a lot on our uh, Team Sports uh, movies episode. Yep. Um, but, yeah, this one is just, like... I was thinking about this movie earlier today, and I was thinking about how this movie takes something that isn't really relatable to a lot of people, which is going and competing in the Olympics as a team, but it makes it something that is just so relatable of being the underdogs and being the newcomers and being out of uh, your element, I guess, and going somewhere and trying to accomplish something and everybody looking at you like you don't belong. And it's like the way the movie portrays the story of this bobsledding team is so relatable and it's so just cool how much they, like... I guess this is another one that, like, affected me, like, emotionally and resonated me or resonated with me, like, through my entire life because I was a kid when I first saw this. But, I mean, it's just a great film. I think it's really just relatable and really powerful. So, yeah. Right on. Yeah. No, cool. it's, it's a great movie. And uh, yeah. you're, you're making me realize that almost every movie wants to make us cry. <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so my first actual pick for my list of 15 is uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Nice, yeah. Uh, this movie is just so much fun. I talked about it a while back because um, it landed on one of our yearly movies, um, mm. movie lists. But um, I, who doesn't want to get shrunk down and go exploring the house or the yard or that kind of thing? Yeah. I always, you know, as kids, we had that giant Lego city in our basement. I always wanted to get shrunk down and, like, Oh yeah, yeah. Live, I remember like thinking live about in that. the city. Um, <laughs> that would have just been awesome. So, I remember uh, I always had a lot of those moments when um, like tech deck, like fingerboards and stuff, got popular because I was yeah. like, man, I've got all these like I've got like basically a toy skate park here. If only I could shrink down <laughs> right. and actually ride it. Um, but yeah, no, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is just like it's like almost like a perfect adventure story from beginning to end. It's like. Yeah, you have the conflict that gets the kids into the trouble and then they get shrunk down, but then yeah. it's just an adventure film. Yeah. And it's just, it's a get from point A to point B road trip adventure, in a sense, in the most weirdest sense. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's such a fun movie and it still holds up. All those those old school special effects that they had to do, it still holds up. So yeah. I love. Uh, and there's a lot of one liners from that movie that I still say today in regular yeah. conversation. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, no, yeah, right on. Saying like how the special effects hold up, I'm just thinking about. You're right because I think back on like the scorpion and the ant. The only anti, thing, like, the scorpion. Where did they live? 
they never say but, what state they the, lived in, but there those, was a scorpion like, in there. Yeah. Those practical effects still look like really good. Yeah. Like those insects and stuff. Yeah. Uh, what were you gonna say? No, I just, I just the scorpion. Like I don't know why. I, I know they chose a scorpion for that scene because the scorpion's dangerous looking, but. Yeah. I don't know where a scorpion comes in. Like, there's a scorpion in their backyard yeah. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I just love about this movie is all the, just the characters in the movie and, like, kind of how, like, the kids who get shrunk, they all have, like, this really funny banter between each other and stuff. But then I didn't really catch it onto a lot of this when I was younger, but growing older and watching this movie, like, a lot of the banter between the adults <laughs> with the two married couples is really funny too and like you've got Ricky Moranis who's like you know suspended in like the thing looking through his yard and like uh, his neighbor's just like really confused and just thinks he's a, like the biggest weirdo he's ever seen because of it and like yeah. I love that stuff so yeah no uh yeah, all right, so what's your next pick? Yeah, so my next pick is actually pretty recent, um, which is the uh, Pete's Dragon, the uh, oh, 2016 the remake. Right. Yeah, uh, This is another movie that I went to see with you my chose family. chose because of your name. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not because of that. Um, but, yeah, I went to see this uh, with my family, and I just... I remember thinking, like, okay, this should be okay, and I went in, and I didn't know that I liked the way the dragon looked, and I just didn't... I expected to like it all right, but not to be, like, think it was great, and I walked out of the movie, like, on the verge of tears, and, like, I was like, I actually really like the design of the dragon now, I see why they went the direction they went, and it's just, like, a really, like, it's a movie that touches your heart, and I know it follows a lot of common tropes of, like, kid gets pet, kid has to get rid of pet sort of like you know that common thing yeah. like there's a ton of movies that do it but i just think this one's like really good so well yeah, i i never actually saw this movie um, oh really i was such a fan of the original and i was really bothered by the fact that they were remaking it and then when i watched the trailer i'm like this isn't pete's dragon yeah, yeah it's weird you know so um i mean for, uh, dragon it, design aside whether it's a cartoon or cg or however they did it like yeah that was not going to bother me but it was such a different story <laughs> that it really made me go what it actually has very little to do with the original movie but the uh the way the dragon behaves is actually very similar, and then um, just how, like, the dragon can turn invisible and stuff, that's still there. But it is a way different movie, but it is a... Uh, I think it's really good. Like, I really enjoyed it, and, like... Yeah, I mean, at first I was like, the dragon looks weird, like, why is he furry and stuff? But by the, by the time I'd watched through the movie, I totally understood every choice they made and why they did, so... Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, my next pick is Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Nice. Okay, the first one, like, probably, I loved the, th I really liked the third one, but yeah. when in all seriousness, this is the best one of that franchise, but um, this was, this was an incredibly eye-opening movie for me like just incredibly eye-opening it was like it came out at the right time it was exactly what i needed um it was the it was a swashbuckling adventure that like we hadn't had in such a long time like we needed a movie like this yeah and um i mean johnny depp was great um but the, the movie as a whole was just fantastic and i was completely in awe at the film all the way through even like surprises like i didn't you know i i either wasn't paying attention um, but like when you first found out that the pirates were dead, you know what I mean? That yeah. just, you know, it's just like, wow, holy cow, this is amazing. You know, yeah. like I was just in it all the way through and I'm like, it was just a great movie. Yeah. So. No, I totally agree with that. There's one I, scene in the movie that bothers the crap out of me because you can tell that Disney was like, nope, this scene's got to be like this because we have to have a scene like it. And I'm really curious. There's all, a scene. But... So it's, it's very early in the movie. Uh, Jack Sparrow is being arrested by the guards. Or like no, he's trying to. He just stole the, he just stole the one ship, and he's yeah. like on like on his way out. And the guards are talking to them. They're talking to like the commandant, you know. Yeah. And it's a very Disney esque character okay. conversation. <laughs> it's meant to be funny, so those guys look like bumbling morons. Yeah. But it played like a Disney moment. Okay. Not like they're morons. Like it put like they're morons, but they played it as a Disney moment. Okay. I like can it had see a very that. Disney that's the only scene it in the movie. It was straight that out of me. like Peter Pan or something. Yeah, like it's, that. it was yeah. it was like too cartoony. 
okay. for this moment. Like, it's just, no, that wouldn't happen. Like, <laughs> no one in real life, even at that time, would yeah. talk about, talk like that. Okay. That, you know, so. I understand what you're saying. But, um, over, like, overall, just, it's, like, it's such a great, great movie. Yeah. So. Uh, you're talking about it, and I keep thinking about how, um, like, how you, this is a swashbuckling tale that we got for that time. And since then, I feel like we haven't had, like, another sort of, like, really bombastic swashbuckling movie like that necessarily i mean there's been you know movies with sword fighting and all that but none of them i feel like have had like i don't know have really affected the culture in the same way and stuff even though some of them have tried but yeah it's just not the same um but i think that's a great pick um yeah i don't know should i move on to my next one yeah go ahead uh quick question do these have to be in a particular order. No. I, okay. Well, I just then. there's there's one I'm saving specifically because I <laughs> okay. want to save it for the end because it's well because uh, when I how about this the one I'm saving for the end I was when I was looking at my list and trying to figure this all out I was like this probably very well is my favorite dis live action yeah. Disney film period so I'm specifically saving it otherwise I'm just kind of bouncing around my list <laughs> right on well if they don't have to be in any particular order I thought they might have been ranked for a second no but, not, we're not um, doing a year yeah that's the rule um, <laughs> if this is your first time listening we only rank them when it's a year yeah so um, well that makes my next pick easy because I had Pirates of the Caribbean oh, on nice. my list too uh, so. same Pirates yep yeah okay. Curse of the Black Pearl I mean, if I feel like if you're going to pick one of them, like, this is definitely the top of the stack, um, in my opinion, but... Do you have anything else to add to the movie? Um, no, I mean, we. I know we've talked about this before, and this movie's just so solid of a pick, but, yeah, I don't necessarily have much more to say about this one specifically, oh, yeah. so... okay. No, that's fine. I was just wondering <clears throat> if you had any more to add to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just... <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so that brings it back to me, I guess. So my next pick is uh, Miracle. Okay. Nice. I talked about yeah. this when we did our team sports films. Yeah. Um, this is probably my fa- I, I think this is probably my favorite team sports movie of all time, and it's about the uh, 1980 Olympics when the United States beat Russia. Mm-hmm. This movie has like everything exactly the way it needs to be, um, in terms of like a team sport movie, but in terms of overcoming a giant obstacle, like in terms of like going for the gold and winning and the determination and the hard work and all the stuff that you have to put in to get to a certain like dreams come true because we make them happen and you know it's yeah. just it's just a it's really really cool I mean I was born when it happened so I I lived through it but I didn't know what was going on so <laughs> yeah no I, I like this one a lot I um I might have talked about this one on our or talked a bit about this on our team sports podcast but I really like how this miracle because I'm not a the, I'm not the biggest sports fan, and I always like when um, sports movies can really make like sports feel like something bigger than just you know people playing a game or whatever. And I think this movie does a really good job of that. Um, I didn't say that to like diminish like that. No, I didn't take it that at way. all. But well, I'm just saying for the audience. But like this movie does a really good job of that, especially with like how they use the old footage of uh, the Russian team and stuff, and Kurt Russell like showing the team like this is who you're up against at the Olympics. And I just remember the footage of the Russians goalie and how like the way he moved and the way he was blocking uh, pucks and like this black and white footage that Kurt Russell was showing the team and. Uh, just the the way he looked and the way it was presented, it just felt like this team is up against like this mythical like creature. Like it's not even a person. It's like this is a creature who's like so powerful in their puck blocking abilities, or however you want to say it. But it was just like it felt really epic, is what I'm trying to get across. Right. The way they presented it and that always like I connected with, and I I think that's what the movie does is they they give you like this epic feat that this team has to do and their training to go pull that pull this off is like really cool so and then obviously if you lived through it was like honestly a historic event as crazy as it sounds like this was like the u.s winning against russia at the time and it was a big deal you know um yeah absolutely so Let's move on from that so it comes to you. <laughs> right Sorry. On. I literally no, I had right. a moment of like, wow, I lost my train of thought because um, we like Okay, so my next pick is uh the Muppets Christmas Carol. So wow. I've talked about this one too as uh it's one of my absolute favorite Christmas movies. Um but I just think this is a 
surprisingly faithful um, adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Like, obviously, there's some changes in there, but I just think they did such a good job telling the story um, with Muppets, and I just love the characters in it. Like, the way they present the uh, ghosts in the movie is uh, it'll stick with you your whole, whole life. You'll remember them. And I really think this is, like, I think this might be my favorite adaptation of The Christmas Carol to be honest, like I think it's just so entertaining. The pacing's perfect. The characters are awesome. Uh, Michael Caine does a great job as Scrooge, and I think there's some great songs in there. So, I mean, this is another one like I just think is really good. I think everybody should watch it. I there's not a ton necessarily to sit, to pick apart about it. It's this is like, it's it's not my favorite <clears throat> of the Muppet films, but it literally like if I had to pick like what your top five like in order, yeah, this would probably rank as number two. Um, Muppets Christmas Carol is just, it's such a good movie and yeah. it, the humor lands so like <laughs> perfectly in terms of like classic Muppet type humor and yeah. this is this is definitely one that I can watch again and again like I really really like this version mm-hmm. I like um, all the slapstick this may be humor. one of my favorite versions of A Christmas Carol period yeah that's what I was like saying, when yeah. I like look at it so mm-hmm. I, th- I love all the slapstick jokes with like Rizzo the Rat and stuff right. like that in there but um, oh crap what was I gonna say it's, yeah, it's I, weird that this is one of my favorite versions of A Christmas Carol. But yeah, um, I think that uh, I think this actually might be my favorite Muppets movie when it comes down to it. And like, I know that might be crazy to sound. No, to say. I just think it's really good. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, my next one is the Three Musketeers. Awesome. We matched on. We this matched one, on yeah. this one. All <laughs> right. Course. So you were saving that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Three Musketeers is. This, oh God, when we talk about swashbuckling in terms of, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, mm-hmm. I don't feel like there's nearly enough swordplay in Pirates of the yeah. Caribbean in comparison to Three Musketeers. The movie's hilarious. The movie's exciting. It's adventurous. It's it's just so cool. Like, it yeah. really is. And this is one movie that we watched to death. Oh, like, yeah. Over and over and over and over again as we were growing up. Like, this is such a cool movie. And it really made you want to, like, like I wanted to pick up a sword and go play in the backyard. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, um, and I've watched it recently. It still holds up. Even yeah. all the jokes and stuff, it's yeah. still just, it's great. This is, like, this movie is, like, so fun to watch through. And I think it's, like, the way, the like, the characters act and the way that it's written is so over the top, but in the best way possible. Like, some of those lines by uh, Tim Curry as, like, the, uh, the cardinal, cardinal are just so good, oh, you know? Tim like, Curry just <laughs> chews the scenery in yeah, that movie. Yeah, um, And then uh, Tim Curry just chews it up, and then, like, Oliver Platt's line delivery is just solid gold man it's yeah. just... <laughs> and then I've I've listened to uh, I've actually like listened to people on YouTube and stuff pick this movie apart and there's like some minor like inconsistencies in the movie but like even though like they're there I still love it so much so like yeah I don't know <laughs> like... no I I know there's inconsistencies and I know yeah. there's some plot holes here and there but no the movie's just but great it's like there's plot holes but it also doesn't really matter I guess you know there is so Three Musketeers and then this, so Alexander Dumas when he wrote Three Musketeers he then wrote another book called Man and the Iron Mask yeah. which follows later they really need to do that story with those actors because when oh, I tried to cool. watch the movie Man in the Iron Mask, I didn't like it because it wasn't Crazy. that it wasn't that crew of musketeers. They could still do that, I guess. Well, like, technically, like could, I don't yeah. see why they couldn't. My yeah. point is the fact that I was like, well, these is other musketeer stories that are being told without them, and it bothers yeah. me that it's not them. Yeah, that's so. true. Um, one of the inconsistencies I thought of, which was funny, is. Uh, do you remember there's like the scene where they're at the they're at like the tavern and there's this part where um, Oliver Platt I think he was uh, Aramis is that right or Oliver Platt was uh, Porthos. Porthos and then Aramis was Charlie Sheen yeah okay so those two were teaching D'Artagnan like how to like hit on girls and stuff like that yeah. in the bar so one of the things that uh, this podcast or whatever was pointing out was that um, why does D'Artagnan need help 
hitting on girls because everything else you see in the movie he's like really good at that like when he meets Constance and when he's like uh you know Gerard or whatever that guy's name is is mad at him because he was like dating his sister or whatever so like I just thought that was a funny thing and there's like small inconsistencies like that but it's also I mean I guess it doesn't matter in the long run because the movie's so good otherwise so it doesn't and you know what I don't think I thought about that but (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I thought about that maybe he's just shy around certain girls who knows I don't know <laughs> but that's funny yeah um okay so seriously if you've never seen the Three Musketeers uh Disney's Three Musketeers with Charlie Sheen Oliver Platt uh who um why am I blanking on the Jack Kiefer Bauer Kiefer Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. I'm like Jack Bauer what's his last <laughs> what's his name um uh Chris O'Donnell um such a good movie yeah um and Michael Wilcott is so good at Ro- as Rochefort it's just he's probably and all the it's funny because he Michael Wilcott as Rochefort is like the only serious character in the movie. Everyone mm-hmm. else is like yeah, and then there's funny the, uh, and over the top and have I ever named her like Rebecca De Mornay or Rebecca De Mornay yeah, plays like Lady, Lady De Winter. Yeah. yeah, and she she's really serious too. But yeah, yeah I know is, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so if you want some real good swordplay action, go watch uh, <laughs> Three Musketeers. Um, so my final pick, and I made a, I kind of built it up a little bit because I was saving it to the end, but it's uh, the Rocketeer. Okay, right, yeah, yeah. This movie, man, this this movie's a ride. Um, it's who doesn't want to put a ro- who doesn't want to put a jetpack <laughs> on your back and go flying around and being like a superhero? Like that's, I mean, it was. This movie is so cool. First off, it starts with like and like an experimental backpack that Howard Hughes made that this young pilot finds and then he gets chased by Nazis because they want the backpack because they want (laughs) to make more of them so they can create this army of Nazis that's going to fly across the ocean and take over America. It's so crazy. I feel like that sounds like something that could have actually happened, though, to be honest. I've, uh... And this I, is this is also the movie that I fell in love with Jennifer Connelly. Like this <laughs> this movie like is just absolutely amazing. Go ahead. Sorry. Um no, like this movie I saw when I was very young and I just haven't seen it in a long time. So it's just like my memory of it is so minuscule that I just it doesn't make my list. The soundtrack's at all, incredible but, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I just like I feel like it probably would make my list. I just don't know the movie that well. Oh, but you yeah. talking about it, it's making me want to go back and watch. Yeah, it, you so. you highly you definitely need to. And they recently, when I say recent, we're talking the last ten years. They really re-released it on Blu-ray, and the cleanup is just beautiful. Yeah. Um. But it's yeah, it's just beautiful. So I highly recommend seeing Rocketeer. I rec I recommend everything on my list. But you know, <laughs> if you've never seen the Rocketeer, the Three Musketeers, those are the two that I'm probably gonna go definitely go see these movies. They're yeah. amazing. I would agree with that. I mean, Pirates, of course, but everybody's seen that. I feel like everyone's then, seen Pirates um, at this point. So. My, my other one would be Muppets Christmas Carol. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's really yeah. good. Um, I was just thinking, did you have more to say about Rocketeer, by the no, way? No, because I, eventually I overhype it, and then people are going to go, well, it's not living <laughs> up to the expectations. Right. So um, One of the things I was thinking of is, um, for me, like Disney live action, there is like such a... Uh, I guess I hold... Disney live action movies to a high regard because I grew up with Three Musketeers and it's like one of my favorite movies and like then they had Pirates of the Caribbean and I think Disney can do these really good adventure films and I remember at one point before uh, Prince of Persia came out one of my friends was like yeah did you hear Disney's gonna ruin Prince of Persia and I was like no I don't think so like Disney does a really good job with live action and I kind of swayed his opinion but it's just something I was thinking about Prince and of Persia wasn't bad at, well when I saw Prince of Persia I actually didn't like it as much as I was hoping but, I um, will agree yeah and that and that was the thing but I think it's just kind of cool that like Disney's known for like Pixar and their animated movies but they've just got some really solid live action stuff in there right. so yeah right well um so that brings us to the end of the list for the night, and that brings us to what our next week's list are. Now, because we're playing this Disney game, like I said earlier in the show, next week we'll be talking our so we'll be talking our top five favorite Pixar films. So everyone get ready to cry because every one of these movies makes us ball like little kids. Um, so um, I so this is the first grouping of five films for our resulting fifteen that'll be. Mm-hmm. Our top five overall Disney films. <laughs> so our live action category is in the bag. And uh, you ready for Pixar? Yeah, let's okay. do it.
All right, fantastic. So next <laughs> week we'll be talking Pixar films. Uh, that'll be our top five. And then we'll move into the animation, the Disney Studios animation category. And I'll explain the difference between Pixar and Disney next and Disney animation next week. So, Perfect. Um, so uh, since we're at the end of our episode, be sure to check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook. Um, you'll also find uh, links to our email. If you want to interact with the show, send us an email at top5report uh, top at gmail.com. Um, we would love to hear if you have any list ideas for us. We're going to keep coming up with them, but you know, if anyone has a list, they're like, oh, I think you guys should do this, we'd love to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, you'll find a link to our... Um, us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Uh, there you can subscribe to us, which is great because you'll never miss a single episode, but you can also review us. Now, reviewing us is very important because leaving us five-star reviews helps us be found on other lists. So we love five-star reviews, but we understand criticism. So um, the criticism helps because it makes us get better and it makes the words we say sound important. If you leave us a review, if you leave us a five-star or less review, that's fine because it helps our podcast move around. So when people look us up, it puts us at the tops of lists and stuff. But writing reviews makes a huge difference. So I encourage everyone to write a review. I appreciate it. So thank you very much for those who have. Um, so you can follow me personally um, at on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Um, Peter? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre, and that's where I will be trying to get the tagline to Venom 2 to be Diary of a Wimpy Symbiote. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, I like right. hearing, like, there are no words type of reaction. Yeah, there are no words to that, so good luck with that one. Um, so for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.